Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast for round 18, 2023. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who wants to get around Caroline Wilson and her incredible journalism. It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. What a fantastic weekend of footy we've had. And uh, you've got to give it to Caro. She is the newsbreaker. More than a week out from Stewie Jew's untimely demise. She called it. She said it was going to happen. Uh, and the people, the knives came out and they just said, uh, you know, she's a, 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 a muckraker. She's a, a scaremonger. She's, she's not a great journalist. Mark Robinson said he spoke to Stewie Jew and Stewie Jew wasn't happy, mate. He said, you know, last year she said that, uh, that uh, bloody, that Clarko was going to be coaching the Suns and Clarko was going to be coaching Essendon and, and she's wrong. Well, Stewie Jew, you'll have to eat that humble pie. <laughs> Large one, second serving. <laughs> Because Caro was on the money and she's always been on the money. It Caro's was Caro right. that said that Wayne Carey loved his anti-inflammatories. No one yep. believed her. No. People called for her to be sacked. And then, lo and behold, one fateful mm. evening at Adelaide Casino, it all came to happen. Perth Casino, mate. Get your fucking casinos oh, right. Oh, shit. Jeez, sorry. I'm going to have gonna have to stop you there. You know, it, it was Caro that said that Ricky Nixon will become the face of vaccinations in mm-hmm. Victoria. Yep. And people mocked her. People laughed at that suggestion. People coughed in her face. Yep. And she was proven right. Ricky Nixon was a man who was providing vaccinations in the top room of a pub. Where else <laughs> would you want to get vaccinated? <laughs> but the top room at a pub. People said that Chad Fletcher had probably... The strongest heart reading that they've ever seen. Uh-huh. And Caro said, oh, I don't want to hear that. Uh-huh. That man is so close to flatlining. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And bingo, bango, Caro was right again. Again, again. Another casino, I imagine, in Vegas. So it would be, I imagine, of a hotel room of a casino. So she, when it comes to casino matters, Caro is always on the ball. She knows what's going to happen. She said, when people said, that everyone wants to hear what Catman has got to say. <laughs> Caro was the one that said, oh, if you delve a little deeply, I don't think that Catman is saying everything that people are allowed to hear at the footy. And what happens next? Catman quits the job. And that's right. And then people have actually put put it to Caro and they said, okay, mm. well, you tell us what is Catman saying. And she mm. said, if I told you, I think I would be contravening <laughs> a number of human rights laws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When people said... That the old bloke Kenny at the Swans would live mm-hmm. forever. Caro yep. said, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> she called his death weeks before it happened. And, she has you know, a track people got it wrong. And a half, doesn't she? No, no wonder she is the first lady of football. Yeah. And when she, she said, I'm hearing rumours that Alan Didak is going to drive across the Balti with a bikey <laughs> who's firing a gun <laughs> out of the window, <laughs> people the said, Caro, you're a fool. <laughs> 
That is one from the past. Jeez, you delve back to 2007 with that one, I think. Caro knows her shit, mate. <laughs> she, time, time has no constraints on Caro. Oh, God. That's amazing. That's amazing. She knows I, I her stuff. So I remember seeing Caro in real life a few years ago. Oh, yeah. And no. um, she was just walking with her friends and, um, you know, doing like a fitness walk. And so they kind of had, you know, sports gear on. Like a and power was, walk. Yeah, but it was it was very discombobulating to see her not in that football setting. Like you kind of go, it's like well, it was almost like seeing a teacher out of school. Yes, yeah, I get it. Seeing yeah. a teacher at the shops, and you kind of go, "What you do? You do other stuff?" Yeah, it, t- <laughs> it just took me a You're moment to just be like, "Oh yeah, that's right. She's actually a person, and not just she's the the journo firing arrows." Yes. Well, I mean, she's absolutely nailed it. So she yeah. said that Stewie Jew was in big trouble and she didn't think he'd last out the month. So that yep. was uh, two weeks ago. Then a f- week later, so, you know, Stewie Jew and everyone came out and were like, Stewie Jew has the full backing of the board. Yeah. And then on last Monday, she said, I'd still, I'm rigid in this. And then the next day, Stewie Jew, Gonski. It must be actually quite horrific to have, you know, like a Mark Evans come out and go, you know, it's not happening, it's not happening, not happening. Yeah. And then you get a knock on the door and it is from Mark Evans. And you just go, like, it really is kind of Godfather stuff, isn't it? Kind of like, you know, don't trust your friends. What is it? Keep your enemies, your friends close and your whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you love someone, your Godfather Someone gets films. shot in the head in the end. Yeah, you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. But I guess it's like, it's like a breakup, you know, when the person yeah. hasn't quite, you know, yeah. like they know. Yeah. All right, so and I, I, I've been dumped many times. They know that they want to do it, but they want to find the right time to yeah, do it. Yeah. And if you say to them, hey, are we okay? And they're like, absolutely, we're okay. Yeah. You know, and then you think, oh, well, I'll plan that holiday for next year. And you shouldn't have planned that holiday because you were going to get dumped. Gee, the, I, I but I'm fine. I'm fine. Just that story alone, though, like has triggered, I reckon, every, <laughs> every single one of our listeners, including myself. Like, you just kind of go, yeah. oh, boy. I mean, and, we, and we've been on both sides as well. Like, um, isn't the trick... Um, Break up kind of at their place so you can leave. Um, you know, don't do it. At your oh, place. you've got a, you've got a theory no, to no, it. No, no, I remember Andy Lee said that on a podcast on a live show a few years ago. Yeah, well, right. Because I think we were talking about Dale Thomas um, getting delisted, and Sauce came over to his place, and Andy Lee was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's the old breakup trick. Do it at their place so you can leave." Oh, that is yeah. very smart. Yeah. So I wonder if they went round to Stewie's because I imagine they would have like you know, know sucking him did, into they, it. I read the article and they Mark Evans went over here to his house to give him the news. Is that right? Yeah. And that would suck because they leave and then you're just there going, oh, now what do I fucking do? Well, yeah. Like, well, I mean, you, he'll get paid out and all that kind of stuff, I imagine. But He will get paid out, but they had a clause in the contract, which kind of it makes you wonder what contracts are worth. They said that they only had to pay him out $300,000 if they um, basically didn't go through with it. So as it's not – I mean, it's a, it's a good payout. No one yeah. is, you know – Sneezing at that, but also it's you signed for a year and a half. I want my year and a half's money, and I think that's why West Coast haven't sacked Adam Simpson yet because his is watertight and he wants his uh, you know, million dollar per year contract that he's on, and West Coast can't get out of that. Well, that strikes me then as maybe uh, a fucked up, you know, manager did that where they put that clause in because I think that's just like almost like a red flag to the club going, like, well, actually, it doesn't cost us that much if we actually get rid of him, you know. Well, is, that's that's a coach with no power, isn't it? That's a coach who hasn't that's won anything, well, and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll sign that because yeah. you go. I want the job. Well, what what are my options? Yeah, sure, sure. Poor Stu. Yeah, so yeah, you kind of sit there at home, and you kind of go, well, I suppose I go in the next day and 
clean out my desk? Like, or do you go in that? I no, I don't. I don't think they'd let him back in the um in the building. But what if you like got I, photos of your kids and stuff on the desk, and you got you know? Your yeah, they'll put it into a box and then they'll oh, just they fucking will, leave it out they? the leave oh, it out the front no. of Metricon Stadium for you to swing by and pick it up. Oh no, that's horrible. And they're not going to pack it nicely. You're going to find dents and stuff. You know the yeah. You know the football that he had is going to be a bit. F- Flat or punctured or yeah, like um, his world's best coach mug would have been yep. chipped. Sure, sure. Um, there's a lot of jokes I want to make. <laughs> but at, we're, we're not, not going. We're not. We're not. We're not doing that. We're better than that. We're better than that. Well, we are better than that. You know what would have been great though is if Stewie Jew. So you lose a job, and it would be hard. It would be you'd feel embarrassed. Like there would be an embarrassment to it. You know yep. when you, you when you get. Anything happens to you, like you feel like every the world is looking at you. He should have gone to the footy and just made a fucking goose of himself. Oh, yeah. Like just behind the goals, you know, pulling the top up after a goal, you know, sculling beers. Running out and doing the goal umpire sign with the goal Yeah, umpire. yeah, just all that shit. And people go, and, you know, you go, all right, he's having a bit of a meltdown, but the guy just lost his job, so sure. there's nothing you can really do about Get it. I'd make coverage. it all about me. Get on the coverage, eat a whole watermelon. Like that, mm. <laughs> that captivated the nation for three hours. <laughs> just th- things like that. Just go, nah, fuck you. I'm not going out with dignity. I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself and the club for as long as I possibly can. And you know what happens as well? Like when someone like that moves off, uh, move, moves on, like, the, you know, you can you can think to yourself, oh, you know, they're going to miss me or whatever. But organisations move on very quickly. Yes, and a little too quickly too. It's so hurtful. Um, so a little bit like kind of you got to go, oh, yeah, they, they can never do it without me. And then find out very quickly it's entirely possible to do it without anyone it's like in this industry we work in when people yes. th- people threaten to quit have you ever had that oh before? yeah people go like if this happens again i will resign i, I remember yeah. i remember some fucking low dog pulled that one on me one day <laughs> and i had to hold my entire energy back to just go fucking leave now i can't stand <laughs> you and you're horrible at your job yeah threaten to resign what are you you fucking idiot also, too, the thing with uh, Stewie that you would quickly realise that like, you go, that's it. I'm never seen you coaching again. Like it's very, mm. very rare. Yeah. That you get another crack. Like obviously, Brett Ratton is one that you can think of at the top of the head who got another crack, even though he didn't have a lot of success at, uh, um, you know, Carlton. He took him to the finals, but not a hell of a lot of success there. But obviously, everyone loved what he did with Clarko. Yep. And so St Kilda, you know, saw him. Doing really well, you know, sitting beside Alan Richardson and he got the gig when he was caretaker coach. Yeah. But it's not very often that you see a coach who wasn't successful come back again. Like people talk about Don Pike, but you just kind of wonder whether he will get another crack at it. Well, even if you look at Don Pike's CV, at least he got them to a grand final. Like yes. Stewie Jew, like what is it, five, six years now, I think? It's kind of like... Six uh, years, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, she's mate. Like what, what, are, what, are your, what are your highs, you know? Are we finished 12th one year? Like... Uh, don't know if that's going to come. And at least, Sorry. at least with with Don Pike, you know that he's going to um, have an awful preseason um, camp ready to go for the new club that he comes into. For sure, really, just to kind of you know um, shake things up a little, as someone <laughs> yeah, might yeah, say. exactly. Really, <laughs> really split the club down the middle, <laughs> um, as all good coaches should. But having said that, you know you can go off and be an assistant coach and still make very, very good money. So it's not all all over for sure in that regard. No, it's not. It's not. And people, you know, obviously thought he had a good footy brain and they like what he 
had had done. So he will he will I imagine he'll walk straight back into to work straight away. And you imagine that he worked alongside Clarko, so why wouldn't he go back? You know, he could work at North Melbourne. I'm sure Clarko would have him, you know, around him again. So then obviously the jungle drums are beating and people immediately go dimmer and then I mm. suppose people then will immediately go bucks, I suppose. Are they um, your favourite drums? My jungle drums? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like them a lot actually. They're very soothing. Yeah, okay. And they provide Yeah, okay. It's weird, they provide a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a lot out of Maybe them. Maybe that's Caro's trick. <laughs> she just beats the yeah. jungle drums. She knows how to talk it. Uh, so yeah, obviously, um you would think that it is Damien Hardwick's to knock back first yep. and foremost. I can't see why Bucks would go up there. He's just so happy here. He's a king of Melbourne. He's doing really well. I think you're right, actually. I mean, he's not short of money. And do you need that stress, you know? And then also, you got to look at what you what are you working with? Like, can you actually see a time where you can get them to, um, well, heck, just into the finals at this stage? You know what I mean? I mean, that's when you look at it. It's a pretty low bar that they've set because of, you know, the, the shit history that they've had. Mm. So if you finish eighth, you've done a fucking great job yeah. at the Gold Coast. Yeah. I would love that kind of fucking... I would love that in all of my work things. They go, mate, if you can be in the top half of what you're doing, yeah. that'd be fucking... That is, that is my dream. If you can just write a joke and people, like... Titter. Titter. Maybe give it a... Huh. <laughs> That'd be better <laughs> Yeah And if you want to see That level of jokes Then we of course Have our live show Our live Sunday, show Sunday September 3rd It's going to be amazing At the now name uh, Morris House uh, Formerly known as The European Bee Cafe Where we've had our live shows In the past 4pm uh, Sunday September 3 It's going to be classic And all the guests Adam The guests We will have lined up ooh, 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 we've Yes got We've got some fires Cooking mate. Oh yeah we're, we're You know We're on the jungle drums We're fucking talking to people Phones are The phones are running hot At the moment Junk timers As we try to uh, get our guests for the show, but it's but they you, all you they know, are all amazing. Yeah, the guests are always amazing, so don't worry yes. about it. Yes, you know the, we're going to deliver. So tickets are available at trybooking.com and um, it's going to be a fun afternoon. Yeah, so get there. It's going to be sick. Now, um, there huge was, weekend of footy. It actually was massive, and there were some really cracking games. Can we talk about the most important game of all, the mm. Baggers and well, uh, Port Adelaide? Holy shit, man! Are you freaking I mean, out? I mean, I mean, you, you beat like a good a pro- team. We'd like a proper test, you know. I mean, Port Adelaide are just second. They'd only won 14 in a row. Give us Collingwood in a couple of weeks, you know, to really fucking test us. It was fucking unbelievable. I went, was at Marvel Stadium. How's this? I go to a pub. I thought I'd go to a pub in the city on my way through, get something. I I had my eye on a steak. Ah, yeah, cool. Right, so I thought I don't want to eat at the footy. I'll I'll go in a little bit early. I'll take a book. I'll read that and I'll head into the footy, have a beer, have a steak. I get there at like three to this pub. And I sit down, grab the beer, walk over, grab the menu, sort of uh, have a look through the menu, go, yeah, that's the steak I want. I walk over there. It was about four past three. And the woman goes, oh, sorry, kitchen closed at three. And I was you like, this mother, fucking joint. You motherfucker. So it is called Mitre Tavern, right? It's, uh, I think, one of Australia's, uh, one of Melbourne's, I think maybe Melbourne's oldest pub. It does and ring a bell. what yeah. I noticed, yeah, what I noticed in there, uh, being one of the oldest pubs, it's all very wooden. And what I noticed is it's clearly also one of Melbourne's most flammable, flammable. pubs. So those motherfuckers are going to pay a price for not serving me my meal at four past three when the kitchen shut at three. Seriously, do you not know who I am? 
there's an old story about Kerry Packer, and I think he might have been in Vegas. Maybe not sure on that. But he went to a diner. They knocked on the door, him and his posse. And um, the diner guy was like, oh, sorry, we're shut. So they go to the next diner, and the guy's going, oh, we're about to shut, but um, yeah, I'll open up for you. What do you want? So at the end of the meal, Kerry wrote out a check for like 20 grand or something. Gave it to the guy. Said, before you cash it, I want you to go down to the diner down the road. <laughs> show it to that guy. <laughs> I mean, who knows if that's true, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a lovely story. Well, not a lovely story, but it's a sums up, no, man. I didn't do that. All I did was um, when I was at the urinal, just turn around and piss on the floor. So yeah, sure. Fuck sure. those guys. Sure. You know, I showed them. That's a good luck charm for you most of the time. <laughs> So, hey, so take, I didn't get my steak. It, so I had to. I had to deal with the chicken and chips at the footy, which fucking it let me down. But then the yeah. blue baggers came to the party and yep. absolutely dominated Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. It was a great win. Yeah, sure. Going into the game, what were you thinking? Oh, look, I thought if we played the way we had over the last few weeks, that we were uh, going to be at least competitive. Um, I didn't think we'd win just because we're Carlton and we don't beat top eight teams. Um, and then Harry Mackay went down within like the first fifteen minutes, so you yep. kind of like. But early on, uh, it was like 2-4 to nothing. And you just kind of like... And then you're thinking there, you're like, oh, fuck, have we blown our chances? Should we have got 4-2? Yeah, or? sure. But then we were just very fucking good, Michael. God um, damn. You don't want to... If Carlton make the eight, you don't want to fucking face us in the first week. Of uh, you don't need to worry Let about Harry. About he has bro- bo- uh, bone bruising, so it's nothing serious. So that's okay. He'll be out for a few oh, that's weeks. Good. But, um, now, a friend brought up before... Mm. Weren't we talking about Michael Voss being sacked a month ago? Like, it shows how fickle the whole industry is. Like, you know, they're just kind of they kind of looking for the next head to chop off, aren't they? Mate, that is fickle of you to say this industry is fickle. I <laughs> think they back Vossy in to a T. You know what was really good, though? The old Carlton would have panicked and blinked and gone like, oh, fuck, maybe we do need to get him. Let's let's see if Mick Malthouse is ready to go again, you know. Yeah. But Brian Cook, who they got from Geelong and, you know, was formerly at uh, West Coast back in the day, He's just calm. He's just like, nah, we're not doing yeah. that. And everyone went, yeah, oh, sure, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Um, so, so that was a great win, and it was an eight shaper, Michael. And there's quite a few eight shapers over the weekend. The Western Bulldogs in Sydney kicking off uh, Thursday night. Fuck, that was a ripping game. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But uh, heck, man, the next night, Melbourne and the Demons. I mean, Melbourne and the Brisbane. Um, that was fucking off the charts. Um, and also by the fact I I kind of didn't get to watch the whole thing when they just kind of watch the highlights and I think I think it's like with seven minutes to go like they're still like um, four goals down I reckon it was less than that they yeah, fucking gotcha. absolutely turned it on that Jack Viney goal where he ripped the ball out oh, of Oscar McInerney's hands was one of the fuck I think that should be goal of the year yeah that was amazing yeah that was incredible now I don't know if this is a hundred percent sure but I saw on Twitter. Broden Kelly, friend of the show from Arnie Donner. Oh yes, I was going to bring that up. Did I, I'd have to, I'd have to actually text him and find out for sure. Yeah, actually, let me do this mid-show and see if he gets back to me. He might not be in the yeah. country, but I'll find out. Um, but tell us. So story. what he did, junk timers, was uh, he posted a photo, which is very funny, of him looking despondent at what I assume is Jollymont Station, saying, "I left early," and obviously they slammed on, you know. Four goals in five minutes, and he heard he would have heard one roar and just been like, "Oh, I think that was for us." Then when you hear the second roar, and you're like six hundred meters away, you're like, "Should I go back?" Nah, that can't be. We still can't win it. And then 
when you're on the train and you're like looking at your phone going, oh, I have missed one of the greatest fucking comebacks of all time. I have done a leave early and go back. Have you? Um, I think it might have been a Princess Park game. So back in the back in the nineties, I reckon. So listening to the radio on the way, like going, yeah, stuff this shit, and then yep. leaving. Probably maybe I don't know halfway through last, and then going and going, getting kind of two or three minutes from the stadium, and then going, nah, I think I better go back actually. <laughs> and we ended up losing, and so it was not worth it. But um, oh okay, yeah, that's so it was not nice a even not a brilliant, beautiful story, like most of uh, them usually are. <laughs> Fellow comedian Matthew Hardy, uh, who does the uh, football podcast Saturday Afternoon Fever with uh, Lawrence Mooney, which is worth checking out. But he, his dad, uh, famously, they were at the um, the Underarm game. Oh yeah, at the MCG in '81, and uh, they, the dad, made them leave early so they could beat the traffic to get back beat to Glen traffic. Waverley. <laughs> well, and missed from probably I- one of the greatest moments of cricket history. The only other kind of real story I've heard about that is I think apparently Carlton left the Hawthorne Melbourne prelim early in '87 when Buckingham kicked the goal, um, oh and yeah. that I imagine that would probably be to beat the traffic because I actually feel like they might have been see, sitting near me, um, so like 25 of them or whatever, and and then apparently got in the bus and were like, oh, actually we're playing Hawthorne tomorrow or next week. But I guess I guess they'd seen enough to know. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I, um, it, it had little to no effect on the result the next week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, talking more about the eight, so Frio were fucking done and dusted. So Collingwood banging on 10 goals in the second quarter. Fuck, they are good to watch. Yeah, I know. God, it hurts to say that. I know. It's, 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 I, think, I think the football industry like, and fans are just like really kind of tormenting a little bit. It's a little bit like in a, in a movie where like the really – like it's a bit like when Darth Vader – Oh, here we go. You won't get this reference. (laughs) Darth Vader. (laughs) It's a bit like Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. And so Mm. Luke and Darth have a a lightsaber fight. And Mm. Luke wins, essentially. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's 1983, man. Mate, I left the cinema because I thought he was going (laughs) to lose. And then I came back. And then Darth is in bad, bad, hel- bad, bad shape, essentially, because he, he, yes. that's what happens when you, you fall into a volcano. It, it does, it's, it's not a, it's not a quick injury to heal, and okay. um, and he takes off the mask and Darth dies. But at the end of the film, you're kind of like, oh, Darth actually wasn't a bad guy, you know. And so it's a bit like that. Conley would have kind of are the Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi. I think that okay. I think that's actually a fucking talking point for the media. Collingwood are Darth Vader <laughs> at the end of Return of the Jedi. I want Caro yeah. to spread that stuff. I want it to show up on Twitter. Yeah. No, def- definitely definitely make them use a reference from 40 years ago. <laughs> that is exactly. And you know what? I have seen Return of the Jedi, but I was a child at the time, and that was the last time I am legally allowed to watch it. I was, uh, I was young enough that uh, I went with my aunt and my brother and sister, and I was, I was young enough that I didn't know how to read. And so uh, my aunt had to whisper in my <laughs> 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got me. You got tickets me. to the live show, trybooking.com. <laughs> oh, get your tickets to trybooking, guys. <laughs> uh, but my aunt had to read me uh, Jabba's um, subtitles. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that would have been annoying. Yeah, actually, it's funny. I went to see um, uh, Indiana Jones yesterday. Now, is that one you've watched? That's not really a kid's film. Uh, I had not watched it, but I watched uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I think it was. Uh, no, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. because I did Pete Hellier's podcast, where he gets people on who've never seen like a really big film. film. Yeah, sure, gotcha. So, so I, I, went, watched it. I went and saw the new Indiana yesterday. and um, with, with Did you have your... 
nephews with you? No, actually, it was with cousins and my mum and dad. They were up in. So uh, with uh, with how old are the cousins? Uh, between kind of sixty and fifty. So not, not children. No, not children. It's not I, I okay. I, I I wouldn't classify Indiana as a kids' film. Wouldn't you? No. Okay. <laughs> Like, it gets pretty full on. Like, they rip a heart out of a bloke in the second one. Kids love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I uh, I remember the first one. There's a scene, again, spoiler, where uh, the Nazis, um, a bad guy, one of your mates probably, probably your relative, <laughs> probably made it, probably a true story. Um, You're not going to bag the Nazis again, are you? Get hits in the pit, gets uh, caught up in a propeller on a plane. And it's a fight scene. And before that scene happened, like, or when it was about to happen, mum had seen the film before, she put her hand over my eyes. And the oh worst yeah. thing that happens is, like, there's some blood splatter on the window. Yeah, yeah. But she had a little she had a little gap in her fingers. And so oh, I was just like... So Michael saw it. Yeah, because I was just like thinking, like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to let her think I can't see anything. Because <laughs> there's clearly a gap in the fingers. And something awesome is about to fucking happen. Yeah. And you have hated Nazis ever since. Oh, that's that's actually that's made me realise that you know there's some bad folk there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got eight shapers next week though as well. Well, just one more eight shaper that we can okay. talk about. So, oh no, actually a couple more. Uh, really, Geelong fucking destroyed Essendon. So yeah. Essendon were absolutely rolling. Fuck, there. Why are they so different down at Geelong? What happens that they? They go, you know what? That three-minute drive we have to the ground just yeah. makes us so much more relaxed. I think it's the experience of playing in front of a stadium that's seventy-five uh, percent under construction <laughs> at all times yeah, okay. for the last fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, actually, the bombers would have been hurting about that one, particularly the bomber supporters, because they're getting very yappy. They're they are, aren't yappy. they? Yeah, and so to have their pants pulled down by the cats was actually quite fun, uh, because they were they were they were starting to kind of. Uh, believe it never, I must say. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I saw a post today, and I don't know whether this happens when the ground is not uh, under construction, but it seemed to indicate that it was. But the Essendon cheer squad were out on like the opposition half forward, like the opposite side to the broadcast, half forward flank. They don't put them behind the goals. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. They're just a bit like, hey, here's your fucking spot, and you're not going to affect anyone kicking the goals at our home ground. And that's, you know what? I fucking love that there's a Victorian team who has an actual home ground advantage. Yep. I think it's great. Yep. And actually imagine that's probably like with the Geelong members and, you know, it's a smaller stadium, therefore they would have reserved seats and stuff like that. So I imagine yeah. maybe they kind of put the members before other clubs by the fact they go, well, these are prime seats. Like, we're going to look after our members before we look after the Hoi Puloi from Windy Hill. Well, I guess, too, it would be, um, like you say, there's a limited amount of seats. So you would almost – I imagine there's not a lot of general admission tickets. And yeah. you would need someone to die, like, in a threshing machine or, you know, yeah. being run over by – a Combine harvester before or you can get of, you know, go access too hard to it. at Lammies. Kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Member ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and then H Shaper again, Adelaide and um and the Giants, and I think Adelaide dropped down about three spots if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they were in the eight last week, I think. So, so the they Giants have are really a little bit from nowhere, actually. Haven't they? They've been really good this last. Like I think they've won five in a row now. The Giants, so they are absolutely flying. So we've got eight shapers next week. We've got um, Bombers and Dogs again. So that's seven and eight. And then we have um, the fucking blockbuster, uh, mm. Bears and Cats 
at Bears. So that's going to be fun. Oh, that'd massive. be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. What's that? The uh, perfect time, primetime time of 4.35 on Saturday. <laughs> I think the AFL would like to have this round back again. <laughs> yeah, you'd, it. you'd think so. But then you've got the blockbuster on Saturday night of oh, Port Adelaide versus Collingwood. Over there too, the home of the footbridge. That's going to be fucking nuts. And that, I mean, that, that clearly would have been sold out for weeks, I reckon. If I was Port Adelaide, I would just uh, risk whatever fine it's going to cost you. Now, it's a sold-out game, so you know you make it a lot. Wear the fucking prison bars. Just do it. Oh, just dude, don't, that'd be Don't beautiful. even ask. That'd be don't beautiful. even ask. Oh, just run out on the ground in the prison bars. And, I mean, there'd be a slight clash with the jumpers, but... <laughs> look, you've got to look for the shorts and maybe the, uh, oh, you know... That'd be fucking Know your magical. players' faces, but yeah. Koshy, come on, mate. you got time yeah. on your hands now, mate. Come make on. it happen. Come on. Uh, and then we have Melbourne Adelaide, eight shaper. Well, Gold Coast and uh, GWS yeah. are playing. So if either of those two teams lose, you imagine that is the end of this season. Because the Suns beating St Kilda uh, yesterday sort of kept them alive a little bit. Let me look. Uh, actually, that's a very good fucking point. Actually, no, I actually tell a complete lie that Suns and Gold Coast are a, is a fucking eight shaper. So it's an eight shaper. Oh my god, we got a beautiful buffet of football heading our way as we head into these final few rounds. It's gonna be and incredible. then St Kilda, who are just fucking freewheeling out of control, yeah. like the t- the season has fallen apart. They got North Melbourne, so they will be still in the eight at the end of next week. So they are the Titanic submersible of the AFL right now. <laughs> Ross Lyon had a quote saying he needed one more preseason with them to kind of get yep. them right. To berate them properly. Yeah, to kind of really... Look, now, look, now I get to... Um, now, now I kind of know their backgrounds, <laughs> their, their family traits, you know, you know who who in their family you know, they love dearly. Then I can really do research and target their their weaknesses and faults. So you know, what I'm, you know what I'm seeing is that um, if Gold Coast can roll the Giants... And Western Bulldogs and Essendon are playing. Is a Carlton could be in the eight at the end of next week. Oh God! And and when? So is that when the four horsemen of the apocalypse show up as well? Or <laughs> have you? Well, we got West Coast, but then we've got Collingwood the week after. So we will be back out of the eight the week after that. Now, are we in the world of ladder predictor yet? Yes, we are. Absolutely, yeah. No, oh, sick. So you've I've been, I've been you doing been it since round two. I haven't actually had a look, you know, because I just, I just figured we weren't going to make it. But now, mate, I just called it. I am the ladder predictor. <laughs> so. Well, Cole Carroll, now, can we, she's the predictor. Now, can we talk about the shocking week that Jared Waitley has had? Yeah, dude, dude. So there was a tweet that ran around. And I kind of give different points of particular. So there's a tweet from a guy called James Durkin. Mm. And uh, he put up a tweet. It had a picture of Jared Waitley and a, and a quote. Often you'll see that a quote from a uh, you know picture of Abraham Lincoln, and it'll be like you know some quote. Or there's uh, a lot of um, yeah. The internet, the internet is terrible place. The, the kind of memes, like a lot of Trump kind of then a quote that he never said, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, so he put up a shot, headshot of the broadcaster, and it said, "Grind Mize is to the AFL what Lionel Messi is to soccer." Messi may kick more goals, but Myers scans the field just as well. Maybe even better than Messi does. And he put yeah. that up. And look, that's pretty fun. That's kind yeah, of fun, isn't yeah. it? Yes. I, I mean, it's kind of fun, but also you don't want uh, bullshit attributed to you. So Jared came out and said, hey, I never said that, right? Yeah. So that's where he should have left it. And people go, oh, it's fake. I'm not even going to fucking bother, you know, getting in an argument with someone that Jared Waitley said it because you know it's fake. Yeah. But... 
Jared on his radio show and his uh, Twitter. So he first went to Twitter and said, hey, this is fake. Take it down. Then he went back like a few hours oh, later. And, like, hey, and, mate. and Elon didn't, <laughs> didn't leave yeah, until yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah, exactly. I know. Something on Twitter is not real. And then the next morning, he's like, hey, you haven't taken it down yet. And the guy responded to him. He's like, you still haven't taken it down. And then he's called on Troll. He's got a tweet here that says, come on, Trolls. Do the right thing. Delete the fake quote. It's really quite simple. Come on, Trolls. Do the right thing. Does he know <laughs> what the fuck a troll does? <laughs> like, come on, Jared. Is this, is this his first day on the internet? Hey, come on, bank robber. Do the right thing. Come on, Put mate. Put the money back. That's very funny. It's the Streisand effect. You heard of that? Yes. Yeah, so essentially Barbara Streisand um, didn't want her house pictured on like Google Maps or something. And then it just made everybody more aware of where her house is. And so it's Jared. Well, yeah, she she tried to get him to take it down yeah. and people just went, oh, well, let's have a look at her house. Yeah, and, and so Jared, um, Jared's kind of amplified. I think, I, think he, I think if he had, he, Adam, I think if he had his ti- time again, mm. I think he might have just ignored it and, and yeah. just moved on from there. Um, but it is um, very funny. Uh, and um, But he asked his listeners, maybe you could take it up for me. Maybe you could reply to those who are posting it and tell them that it is just a fake quote. Yeah, sure. So Trap from Woodend um, got right on board. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those are not my words and those who are posting it should immediately delete it. It's a bit funny. I mean, he's been around the internet game for a while, Jared, and so I found it a bit interesting that he's kind of getting this. And also by the fact that it was a dumb post, but it wasn't anything yucky. Malicious. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, you know, Jared Waitley saying, oh, anyway, this chick and that chick and that chick and that chick. Like, it was like, you know, just a thing about grind yeah, eyes. it's just a dumb thing. Yeah, it's just kind of goofy fun. And then it I'm just I'm running. just disappointed we haven't heard from Robbo on this because I mm. reckon he would have had uh, several good takes on what he would like to do to trolls. I imagine Robbo would be slightly aware of what trolling is <laughs> if he's ever been online. Trolling online, trolling yeah. at pokies, trolling... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicken shop. The bottle Yeah. <laughs> Trolling. Robo, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Trolling from cars, just driving by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to get yeah. milk in his tracky dacks. Yeah. Oh, dude. Hey, um, guards of honour. Okay, so we had a few of them on the weekend. Kane Corns has blown up and he didn't like... There was one for an umpire who was in his 500th game. Yeah, Brett Rosebury. 500 games, though. Actually, do have to take your, take your whistle off for that one, I reckon. Yeah. Oh, it's impressive. Um, so let me give the tail of the tape for Brett. I think it's down here. A great article by Sarah Black right here. Having a chat. Uh, I think it's nine grand finals. Uh, okay. Including the replay. So we'll make it eight, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three All-Australian. Uh, uh, three NAB grand finals. NAB all right, all right, all right, all right. Stop there. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Who the All Australian umpires? Oh, are you with the umpire in a game that doesn't exist? Were you? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that mean? <laughs> Imaginary umpire. It's like yeah, yeah it's kind of like a p- computer game umpire. Um, yes, yeah. No one cares, but, mate. But hey, he had a, it, hey, the game didn't exist, but he had a perfect, perfect game that day. Like you know, he did, no he did really well. Yeah. The, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. No one complains about the umpiring in the two thousand eight, nine, and yeah. eleven All Australian <laughs> game. Does he get? Because I know the players get the you know the the green I was jacket. About to say the same thing. Does he get a little jacket, or does he like get a gold whistle or something, or you know? Oh no, he probably gets a jacket, but it'd be high vis. Yeah, well, I mean, they're wearing green most of the time anyway, so he'd be like, "Well, I've already got 
you know, 25 green shirts. Like, why do I need more? Um, but he was in the uh, buddy match when he kicked 13. Um, he was emergency umpire for the Demolition Derby over in WA a bunch of years ago. I think that might have even actually been his oh. first game, I think. My Fuck. Dad so he would have spent a bit of time on the field then if he's the emergencies. Why they're well, alluding to thing. that? Because yeah. my, is that my, when Dale Kicker went fucking berserk? My, yeah, that's the day, yeah. My dad back in the day used to call them the spy. Because it was only, um, and, and oh, young, yes. younger yeah. junk timers may not know this, I think it was only until about 1988, 89 that the emergency umpire could actually report someone. And so there'd be a bit of biffo and then the game would go on and then you'd see the emergency umpire run out to tell these players, yeah. hey, calm it down or even make a report. And then my dad would just be like, here comes the spy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, was at the match where uh, Liberwack Matthew Knights or was it the other way around? But actually, he does have the front row seat for like some amazing, amazing moments of football. I mean, five hundred games is quite a lot of abuse for anyone to put up with. Yeah, like imagine going to work every week and just fucking copping it for what's five hundred? It's like ten years of your life just getting absolutely fucking abused. Oh, dude, it'd be more than that. Five hundred games, like that's twenty odd years. Oh no, this would be for us. Like if we were oh, gotcha. you know, five hundred sure, sure. weeks of your life. Yeah, you come in on a Monday and the co-worker yeah. that you don't like just happens to be for <laughs> Essendon and he goes, oh, yeah. you're good, I'm pouring the dickhead, mate. And how many times <laughs> has he wanted to just... Okay, I, I actually would give... I would actually give Brett Rosebury a pass. I don't know what he does for a living, but I actually would give him a pass if one day there was a news headline saying Brett Rosebury shot up his office. <laughs> 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 and you go, yeah, no, I reckon, I reckon that's actually... That plays pretty yeah. well. Um, so he got a guard of honour for the Collingwood Freire game. But then uh, Kane Collins, and I think he actually made a good point. And, he's, you know, it's the volcano, it's the Sunday footy show, and he's, you know, doing yep. some of it tongue-in-cheek. But he was saying there's a pandemic of guards of honour. And I actually do agree with him. Like, now we're getting 200 games, 250 games. Back when I was when I was in, mm. uh, in my prime, um, yeah, <laughs> it was 300 games or nothing. And it wasn't a guard of honour. It was, like, chaired off. But now I, don't, I, I, I like the guard of honour. But now it's, like... Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, oh, 150 games. Like, what? Oh, he was saying that uh, Zach Tui got a guard of honour for being, you know, playing the most Irish games. It yeah. was like, well, fucking, what does that even mean? And also, you don't have to take your fucking kids through the banner. Oh, BT. I didn't know BT's yeah. on the call here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, okay, you're anti-kids in the banner. I'm anti-frivolous guards of honour. Yeah. I think we've got, I think we've got the makings of... Um, you know what? When you come off, you just have the DJ play a really cool set as you're leaving the ground, yep. and that's enough to say, hey, well done. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, I'm Adam Rosenbachs. That's my take. It is It is my take. Hey, I'll tell you, okay, so two things I noticed from the game over the weekend, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll wrap it up very shortly, Junk Timers, because we have no footballers in, in real life. life. It must before be we, that time of year. Before we do that, how about our live show for Sunday, September 3, at the mm. Morris House? It's going to be nuts. It's going to be sick, and guests are going to be coming. They're going to be awesome, and they're always awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, shows at 4 o'clock. Tickets available at trybooking.com. Uh, you know, one thing that I've noticed is it's gone out of our game. No one wears gloves anymore. Remember when it became like ah, a big the thing? Glove. Oh, the I, f- I feel a bit of a uh, affection for the glove back in the day. Yeah. I, I reckon it was Jim Steins who maybe first kind of wore the glove. Like occasionally you'd right. see a player, maybe if they've dislocated a finger yep. quite badly, yep. they might sport a glove. But but Steins, he wore one. Travis Cloak was a big glove man. Well, he famously wore one that basically meant you could catch the ball with one hand. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think even Hachi on the Sunday footy show did, you know, wore that glove and, like, they threw a soccer ball at him and he could grab it with one hand. Like, oh, it was, okay. it was highly yeah, right. illegal. Like, it was basically yeah, like okay. having, you know, super glue on your hand. So an asterisk on the 2010 grand final um, is what I'm, I'm hearing. Make, well, I've made that petition to the AFL and I'm waiting to hear yeah, back from Gill and Andrew Dillon. Um, but yeah, no, I can't remember seeing a glove for a long time because I feel like then also there was a little bit of like, wear a glove and we'll give you some cash. Oh, okay. Like a bit of a sponsorship deal with yeah, Nike. I feel like Ablett might have been a sponsorship deal, but then I also imagine it probably filtered down into the other ends of the game as well. So you kind of go, mm. well, if I give Ablett 20 grand, then I'm going to sell a bunch of, you know, other players all around the country gloves. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was one thing I noticed, and then the other thing I saw at the on the um, in the Sydney Bulldogs game on Thursday night up at the SCG, up at Rod Carter Studios, was they had someone in the crowd who had like a, it wasn't a hand drawn sign, it was clearly one that uh, they'd been handed or you know it was professionally kind of done, but it just had, and I haven't heard this phrase in a long time, but chewy on your boot, chewy on your was, boot, wow, was written on there, and I just wondered like. When did Chewy come in and why was it so bad on your boot? <laughs> we are <laughs> we asked the big questions. We asked the big questions. <laughs> Here at the Junction Alpha Podcast. Actually, uh, can I just very quickly type in Chewy on your boot mm. and just see what happens. What comes up. Yeah. Because um, I imagine most times if you had Chewy on your football boot, you would probably not notice it. And for someone else to call it out, when it is on your boot, probably wouldn't put you off as badly as... Unless, like, you know when teams have Chewy before the game and the whole team dropped all their Chewy in one spot and you had 22 players' worth of Chewy on your boot, but I reckon you'd be aware of that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking more for the origins of it by the fact mm. that I feel like Chewy is not a particularly old thing. Like, I can't imagine the diggers at Gallipoli having chewing gum. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I, I would have thought chewy. I, I reckon, I, to me, it just feels like it was created in, like, the 40s or the 50s, mm. you know? Mm. So then maybe it was, like, a big thing, you know? If I can, and then also a peasant in, who had chewy you, on your boot. If you would have been playing in those mud pits back then, so if you had chewy on your boot, like, you'd be like, well, that's, yeah. that's the third worst thing that's on my shoe. That's the fucking least <laughs> of my problems. <laughs> Can't find any uh, origin story for it, but um, yeah, we'll look for I do remember the the Brisbane Bears um, scoreboard um, would often put chewy chew on your boot when the opposition team was lining up for the um, for yeah, goal. Yeah, okay. And you know, as a kid, it was always a thing that we said, you know, chewy on your boot. So it came obviously before our generation. Yeah, but yeah. why? Why did it bother people so much? Were people just like missing goals? Like, did they invent chewy to put John Coleman off? You yeah, know? Actually, just, I don't point. know. You I mean, you know, the, this could be an investigation into the um, mm. that racketeering and football. We we need to talk. <laughs> to, we need to talk to Big Chewy. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and I, I cap off the Brisbane Bears scoreboard also when uh, Russell Morris got knocked out by Jim Edmonds with an elbow to the head and was literally unconscious for a long time. Uh, the Brisbane Bears scoreboard also put up cop that. <laughs> 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 they were better times. They were better times. That's why, and I'm sure when Russell Morris came to, he appreciated that. That's why we we just had replays. Hey, actually, uh, got a reply here from Broden Kelly. Uh, oh yeah, Arden Canada. Uh, I wrote, "Hey, did you actually really leave early on Friday?" And he wrote back, "Yes." 
So that there is a true go. story. Bloody hell. So, Junk Times, if you have stories of you leaving early, please uh, feel free to send them in. Michael, where can they send them? The Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Facebook and Twitter and the Gram. Go. And go Blues. Really? Like, really? Go Blues. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns